Nasser Hussein said it was the best piece of captaincy he's seen in history. Ben Stokes called it the greatest away test win. And I can't disagree with it, to be honest, watching that match. Um, and I've had to make sure I wear my Australia shirt tonight just to remind myself that I'm an Australia fan and not to praise England too much. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Cripblog podcast. Shabo here from Cripblog, along with my co-host Nash, who is in India today. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, a quick trip to my home country, um, India, and my hometown, Mumbai. Um, just with the holidays coming up, but we'll be back next week, and um, yeah, looking forward to getting back into the swing of things again. But speaking about the cricket that's been happening, all like I said, I'll, like you said, I'll I'll definitely disagree. Um, with with people saying it's England's best away Test win. Um, come on, I mean you can't. You can't argue against Adelaide 2010 or Mumbai 2012. Those have to be right up there um, in terms of the way they, you know, those teams approach the game, mm. especially especially India, Mumbai, coming from a really, um, you know, hampering loss um, in the previous test, in the first test of the series, mm-hmm. to mm. come to Mumbai and to play that innings by, you know, to see that innings by Kevin Peterson. And, and and the way Monty Panesar and Graham Swan bowled um, against it, it was like against Tendulkar and Kohli and all these guys. Um, yeah. I, I I surely put those two up right up there. Even yep. Adelaide twenty ten um, yep. with with uh, Graham Swan again taking a fifer, people scoring runs right, left, and center for England. Um, Anderson taking a few wickets as well. Yep. It, it, but this is this is right up there. This I would say is is in top five uh, for me uh, for England. They don't win away tests a lot, um, mm. and and this certainly on especially given what the pitch was. So shocker. Um, and yeah, it was not good for for Test cricket. It was not a good um, advertisement for Test cricket and. The way they batted as well, they batted quick. They batted, you know. Um, I won't use that word. I won't use the B word there. But, um, <laughs> the, yeah, they they batted really well. They bowled really well. They set good fields. Um, and I'll even say something as controversial as it was not England who won. It was Pakistan who lost. Um, to some degree. I think I, dis- I disagree with that a bit. And, and, and I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to hear your thoughts, but um, mm. it, it, maybe it'll change your mind once I finish. So he, here's yep. the thing: like, um, England did score six hundred, mm-hmm. and 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 Pakistan have been boasting about all these bowlers and fast bowlers that they have got, and and every single one of them went for six and over. Um, mm-hmm. Barbarazm, supposedly the golden boy of Pakistan cricket, the golden captain of Pakistan cricket. I, <clears throat> I haven't seen a poor captain than him, to be honest. Um, he, especially in Test cricket, I'm not speaking about white ball cricket. I'm only talking about red ball cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the last four Tests Pakistan has played in Pakistan against mm-hmm. Australia, um, against England, um. He's at times he's just clueless on you know where to go and where what fields to set and which ball into bowl at what stage, and um yeah it's it's I would rather and also on the last day when Pakistan definitely looked like they they would chase the target down so 
So I would, yes, England did. Don't get me wrong. England played very well, but it was Pakistan who lost the test on the last day. So it was poor captaincy, poor batting from from Pakistan that lost that, you'd say? Um, From from Pakistan's end, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, but England, I'm nothing. You know, I'm not taking any credit credit away from England. They they played really well. I would argue that's the other way around. I thought England did not let Pakistan settle the whole game. So, from ball one, over one, session one, England only thought about winning the test from from the first session. Pakistan thought about not losing it. So, there's the big difference. England thought about winning the whole time. So when 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 Nasser Hussain comes out and says it's a, you know some of the best captaincy he's ever seen, I agree with that in terms of captaincy. When you talk about maybe some of England's better winners overseas, you're right. Adelaide 2010, Mumbai 2012, sure. But it's the manner in which they've done this. It's you've overcome the poor light each day, cutting the day short. But you've you've also overcome one of the flattest pitches that we've ever seen. We, we've grown up in the 2000s and we, we, I know we've spoken about this on the podcast before that we've seen some really flat surfaces <laughs> growing up watching test cricket Definitely. in the 2000s. Definitely. This is up there with the flattest. It was like the day five wicket resembled day one. There was nothing in it, but the way England bowled and I thought the field placements, the planning, when to take the new ball, when to bowl different bowlers, they stuck with the old ball uh, in, the, in what was the correct decision on the on the on the last day, and that declaration. I can't think of anyone in the world, any other team in the world that would declare at that point. And I love the it was this yeah. the mindset and the attitude by England. When someone talks about baseball, there's the B word. It's not just now. I've just got to be careful not to praise England too much, <laughs> too much here. But <laughs> but it's but it's not just about slogging. It's about it's about having a mindset of put the win first. Do what you need to do to try get the win, and if you do lose, so be it. But that's the thing. There's this, and I said I said this when India lost to England earlier in the year, or New Zealand lost to England with the same while England played with the same approach. It's um, there's two sides to each coin. Um, sure, the captains like in you know barbarism has been clueless let's 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 all agree to that he has been clueless in terms of when when even india and new zealand seem to be clueless on to how to how to approach this new batting style from england it's although i, I would also say it's not new we have seen it before but um yeah anyway for england it's new um and and, and that's where I, that's where i sit at the moment is there has to be teams now are, are know what kind of approach England will yes. come into the into a test match with. Yeah, yeah. And they have to they have to make plans accordingly. And that's where it will get really interesting with the Ashes coming up next year and an India tour. Uh if they keep if they keep continue to do this, then ne- maybe next year after England beat India in India, maybe I'll say that. Yeah, okay. I'll say the B word. Look I think at the same time, when an opposition hits 500 against you in one day or 170 in the first session, um, it puts you under a lot of pressure as a captain and you're playing from in front. 
But I agree with you. There's there's times in the test match where I thought the field placements from Pakistan were were, were crazy, like a, an offside dominant field on a flat pitch. It, that was a big, big no-no. You've got to be bowling straight and you've got to yep. be targeting the stumps on a flat wicket. You yep. know what I mean? So bowling that, that sort of line outside off stump that you'd see in England or Australia or wherever was not, was, was completely, was completely wrong. But, but for me, I look at the way England approached it. I don't think any other side in the world would win that game. That's my opinion. No other side's going to declare. Name me a captain who would do it. Name me a captain who would do it. Everybody, Maybe. a lot of people on Twitter are saying you had to get 60, 70 more. They declared too early. But the, but the thing is, what I liked about England in this game was when you dangle the carrot, it gives you an opportunity to take wickets as well because the opposition is going to naturally play a few more shots when they believe they're a chance of winning. And it happened. There are a few drives that went wrong, a few leg glances that went wrong, shots that probably wouldn't have played if they're only batting for a draw. And if they're batting for a draw, yeah. I think that's why I talk about baseball. It's not only about slogging. McCullum knew and Stokes knew that if Pakistan, if you set Pakistan 400 in, in 80 overs, they're not going to go for it and you're not going to get the wickets because you yeah. can't get the batsmen out on that wicket when they shut up shop and playing for the draw. It's yeah. it's near but, on but, impossible. But that's what I mean. When Imam and Azar were playing um yeah. On, yeah. On, on the fourth on the fourth day evening or even on the fifth last day, they were they were playing with almost like hundred percent um precision. Like they were there there were no not many false shots or they were not they were not making yes. any mistakes. And yes. and that's when that's when I thought okay Pakistan could really do this. Um, yeah, and same. even when South Shaquille and Mohamed Rizwan got together in the middle order, I think I thought, yes, okay, um, now they they definitely do have a chance because Mohamed Rizwan can play a fast innings when need be. Or, um, you know, Pakistan have the firepower to play a, a quick they do. red ball innings as well. They so do. that's when I thought, and that's why I say that it was Pakistan who lost the test because on the last day, I was backing Pakistan to do this. Um Sure. But yeah, unfortunately, Pakistan. Some of the Pakistan... um, some of the bowling was outstanding yesterday as well. James Anderson, forty years of age, to produce yeah. what he's done, he took five for eighty-eight in forty-six overs in the Test match. This is a bloke who's forty yeah. years old on a flat wicket. Yeah, you know, and I, thought, I don't know oh, what Rob... he does. I don't know. What I, don't, he does. I don't know. I don't know what his routine is. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm twenty-nine, and you know, like I struggle to walk down the street. No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> James Anderson, man, he's just... Bob Brindley, I thought Ollie Robinson, he's had a very good start to his test career, but that's the best he's looked in terms of fitness, in terms of stamina, in terms of approach, and, um, and in terms of his intensity at the crease. So I thought England... Look, I agree with you in the sense I looked at bowling attack from England on paper. It looks short in, in, the, in, the, in a way. Um, because you've got Robinson and Anderson there as the two upfront seamers, Ben Stokes as the all-round option, and then and then you've got um, Jack Leach as the main spinner, uh, and Will Jackson, Joe Root. So you look at that bowling attack, you say, Pakistan should avoid defeat. I agree with you. But the way England play, they were at Pakistan the whole time. It was just intent yeah. from ball one, from session one, right throughout the rest of the game. And England only thought about how we were going to win. That, that's why I praise them. So uh, no one would have watched that day yesterday had England not declared and just thought, yeah, let's play for the draw. You know, they, mm. when they talk about, when McCullum talks about, we want to make test cricket exciting. 
uh, when when Ben Stokes says that, they mean it, and it showed it showed in that performance. It was a fascinating day. It really was. Barbarism. Barbarism's comment he said after in the post match presentation yep. that um we have a lot of this is his, this is his quote from the mm. from the presentation mm. we have a lot of input in the pitch but we did not get the pitch that we wanted we couldn't execute our plans we wanted a turning pitch but perhaps yep. because of the weather and the preparation that sort of wicket could not be created uh, well, apparently, apparently, apparently last month or the month before I can't remember exactly there was a first class game there at Rawalpindi and it looked quite green. Uh, it looked yep. like there was a bit in it from what I saw on Twitter. So I don't exactly understand how it could change so much in such a short amount of time in the same season. I just look at it from Pakistan. If that's the case, then why were the wickets so flat in the Australia series earlier in the year as well? Remember that yep. series? Rawal Pindi yep. was an absolute road there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Where you had three opening partnerships in excess of 100 in the three innings. So... You know, Australia had to work hard to win that uh, that series. And Pakistan shot themselves in the foot by producing flat wickets at home then, and they're doing it again now. Um, yeah. You know, and Ramis Raj is coming out saying that they're in no position to produce sporting wickets or something like that. So I don't know what's I don't, going I don't, on. I don't, I don't agree to that. They're like, it's not like Pakistan is a new. No, it's not. Country playing Test cricket. They're, no, they're, they're not. They've had the knowledge for years and years. That's right. There's, there's, um, there has to be a better way to do this. Um. This, that's I don't agree with the reason that they don't have the resources to do it. Um, of course not. I don't agree with that either. It's even, very, very it, strange. It, 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 if he's talking about money, countries like West Indies do it, who literally don't have any money. Um, countries like New Zealand do it, who are really low on resources as well. So um, definitely a country like Pakistan can do it as well. Of course. And they need to now, um, not only for this series, but for, for any of those World Test Championship hopes that they have, which... I think uh, looks dead and buried. That's a long moment. shot. That's a long. I think, shot. Uh, yeah, I think that's dead and buried now. They've, they've, I think, they've, I think they've gone winless in their last four tests. That's hurt a lot. Uh, the one thing on Pakistan's mind is not the World Test Championship, but just not losing another home series. Very true. That's it. But, um, you know, they've got a mindset of not losing instead of winning. Yep. So, do you no. do you think this will be Babar Azam's end of captaincy if if he loses the the series? I don't know. He's already lost one mm. against Australia. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure, actually. Might have to think about that one. I don't know. It depends how they lose, I guess. Um, I don't know. Who would you, who would you put in? Well, I don't know. Um, going back to Azarali, maybe. But um, is because that, he is, has is, been... Is, the... is Azarali that attacking option that's going to transform their test cricket? That's true, but and and I don't I don't think so I don't think so anyway. Um, but if you want to go with tried and tested, he's there. So yeah, maybe see how we go. I mean, as a, yeah, funny things in sport, you know, things can turn around very quickly. Who knows what can happen in the rest of this series? You never count out anything really, especially when it comes to Pakistan. But Im- Im- Imam is a good option. Imam is a good option. Imam Hulak at the at the top. Um, yeah. As an opener, has scored runs. Is is young, twenty six. Might be a good option. Possibly. I don't know if he has leadership experience. I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, so look for me, a great win for England. Brilliant Test victory. The way they the way they orchestrated it 
risk losing. I, I said yesterday that the late great Shane Warne would have been very, very, very full of praise for um for, for England yesterday in, in terms of you know risking the loss to try a win. It's a fair play to them. We had some more test cricket in recent days. Australia won in Perth. The result itself wasn't a surprise. Everyone was expecting Australia to win. Um, I think one punter in Australia had $100,000 on Australia to win that test. I don't know if you saw it, but it's it's just insane. I don't know how people have that sort of money. But um, I think that the, the way the West Indies fought, I think is a very big uh, big positive for them to get that test into a, a, the fifth day. I personally wasn't expecting it past the third day myself. But um, what do you make of it? Um, yeah, it was good. It was a good start to the summer for from a cricketing side of things um, on field. Uh, but it was really shocking to see the crowds in Perth after two years of not having any cricket at all. I bring that up. Um, mm. I, I mean, there's no point talking about the actual cricket anyway because we all know what was going to happen. <laughs> Steve Smith-Mana scoring hundreds and hundreds of runs again. Pat Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood's getting wickets. Um, mm. I, I'll also... I, I, Although I'll say that Chandapal really good start to his career. He looks good. Um, couple of couple of fifties, well, almost a fifty in the second innings, and um, yeah, really, really good start. And again, Craig Breathwell has been the really uh, the the strong. He's had a great know, constant, year. yeah, in at the top of the order for 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 West Indies in the in the Test. But again, coming back to the crowds, it's been it's been shocking and um, really disappointing to see the this lack of support. Um and heads on you know bums on seats uh, throughout the throughout the test match. Yeah, I agree. I thought on the weekend in particular, um, but we could see more in. Um, yeah, it's been disappointing in Australia. Um, but I think you know, I'm in in the process of writing an article on how you know I think Cricket Australia have got to re-engage the public. I think there's a bit of a disconnect at the moment. With, uh, I think we've spoken about this on a previous podcast, but but there's been a bit of a disconnect between Australia, Cricket Australia, the Australia team, and the public. The only two constants, remember that Australians are a, a creature of habit. So, you know, if something's on constantly, uh, you know, a certain time of the year, Australians know it's on and they can get used to it and watch it. So, Boxing Day, New Year's Test. At the moment, those are the two games that are the only constants on the cricketing calendar along with the big bash, but I'm talking international cricket. This yep. this season, everywhere, everything has been all over the place. So we usually have the start of a season, the Gabba, um, you know, and then, and then we work, work from there. This season, it's been all over the place. And the amount of people and the amount of feedback that I see that people don't even know the games are on, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And the ticket prices as well. The ticket prices are insane. I remember that that third dead rubber between um, Australia and England, that ODI series. The crowd was ten thousand. I thought it was less. Looking looking at it on TV, but but the the reserve A tickets there is one hundred and forty five dollars. Now I think Cricket Australia overestimate at the moment how much stomach the public has for its cricket. Hmm. Personally, um, and. Yeah, there's just so much of it on at the moment that, as I said before, the crowds, the attendances are spread out over a far wider, far greater number of games. So, for example, as a Sydney sider, I've got the option of going to Big Bash games 
or a T20 international, T20 World Cup game, a one-day international, or a day of the test. So if, if if fans now can, you know, given the cost of living, et cetera, they can only afford to go one or two days, games, they'll go to one, plus, but they won't, they won't go to the to, others. Absolutely. Plus you have to consider the, fa- you know, f- um, the cost for travel with yeah, the family, yeah, the yeah. food. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot um, going on. The drinks, yeah. e- literally everything. Um, it's very expensive. It's not at cheap the at the moment in Australia uh, to, mm. to the standard of living sorry the cost of living is is increased is is on the increase um and yeah it's just getting more and more difficult to get crowds in for sporting events especially cricket yeah yeah and um starting the match on a wednesday i don't know if that helped either that's probably not ideal but um you know now we get into the summer adelaide day night test um you know i had a colleague at work he's based in sydney but uh, he's heading to adelaide for the cricket so Hope to see a good crowd there for that for that day nighter, and hope to see a good test match, and then the South Africa ones as well. But um, yeah, I think just I think Cricket Australia just needs to have a rethink here of what's going on and how do we engage the public to to uh, to watch think, cricket to take it on board. I think the the even though the red ball, sorry, even though the first test match in Perth was um was low on crowds, I think Australian public still want to watch test match. Um, yeah, I think the ratings were okay. Any white ball formats. Yeah. So I think from from right from the Adelaide test, they will they will you know, um, the crowds will start getting. We up hope so. And, and and even for the South Africa tests, uh, who are might be controversial, but a better better opponent than than West Indies in in the current scenario. So, um, I wouldn't say that's controversial. Yeah, I think South Africa but, are better, particularly in the yeah, bowling. That. Um, exactly. So you know, some some yeah. really good talent on will be on display there for the Boxing Day and for New Year for, and for the New Year's Test. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a cracker. Yep. Um, a big shout out to Nathan Lyon again. I've been a big supporter of his. Um, lots of talk on social media I've seen um, comparing because he went past Ashwin. You know, they're, they're neck and neck for most wickets. Like so between them, um, lots of talk. Oh. Ashwin's better because he's done it in less tests. Oh, Lyon's better because he's done it in Australia. I, I don't know. I don't like to compare the two. I don't know if you feel the same. Um, uh, I look yeah. at Ashwin and say, look, he's probably got more in his arsenal and more in his armories. He's more skillful and um, class spinner. But what Lyon has done uh, in Australia as a conventional off spinner in terms of not only his wickets, but I've spoken before about how he holds up an end, allows the seamers to rotate is so crucial because I'll give you a key reason why teams have struggled in Australia and why India succeeded last time. Teams that come here don't often have a spinner that can hold up an end. So the Mm. problem is, is you've got spinners leaking runs. So you can't play your spinner. You can't, you can't bowl your spinner. So you've got to, you, you bowl your seamers into the ground pretty much because your spinners are not offering any control. So what Lyon's yep. been able to do as an off-spinner in Australia has been absolutely magnificent. Yep. Um, and, and and why I spoke about India two years ago is Ashwin in that series, he only conceded about two and over. He got the better mm. of Steve Smith a couple of times. Jadeja yep. was also very economical. So mm. it allowed the seamers to operate from the other end and it gave the, ca- the captain, Rahane, um, in that sense, after Kohli had to go home, it gave Rahane a sense of control. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the key and- to doing well in Australia. You need to have a good spinner and Lyon has been outstanding. Absolutely. And, and and I completely agree. I don't, I don't compare, I won't compare, any, you know, Ashwin and Lyon in any mm. way, especially in the last series. What happened was, as, as you said, off spinners, spinners in general have had a really horrible time in Australia touring. Um, and, and that's what, that's what the Australian team would have come into the test series you know that would have been their plan saying let's let's rag these two spinners because that's what you know india had a good fast bowling attack so just see mm. off the fast bowlers and let's attack ashwin and jadeja who won't get much spin on on the pitches but what happened was they bowled really well they you know they played with the with the pace with the um trajectory of the ball um, and they varied their lengths and lines a lot they've set proper fields uh for all the batsmen and that meant the Australian batters were stuck uh, for scoring runs against the spinners or against the fast bowlers, and they had to attack somehow. It, it somehow and that's what doesn't happen often, does it? Where Australia yeah. gets stuck against spin in Australia. So, but um, but online, outstanding. I feel he bowled well uh, in Perth. He has a good record at that ground now, a really good record. So credit to him. Um, credit to Manus. I thought he batted beautifully as well as Steve Smith. I mean, Steve Smith against West Indies, it's a given. It's a given, really. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see how those two go against South Africa and then in India next year. That's it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. So, um, you know, those two great to watch. One thing I will say, I'd like to see a bit more succession planning for Australia in terms of the bowling. So... I know it was the first time in history where we had, where any team had fielded four bowlers with 200 plus wickets at the same time. So that's when Cummins yep. took his 200th wicket. That's a magnificent record and it's a fantastic mm. attack. But I'd like to see some some other plays from now and now and again get the chance just so that, because, you know, if you get a situation where, you know, Hazelwood, Stark are not available or they stop playing or whatever that we're not left with a lot of inexperienced options. So mm. I think I think this test match coming up in Adelaide is the perfect opportunity to do that. I think with Pat Cummins under an injury cloud, I don't think he should be risk, risk, uh, risked at all. There's absolutely no way he should be risked. They need to rest him. Um, I'd like to see Scott Boland in there. There's also Lance Morris they've brought into the squad that the quick from WA. You know, if Stark's not available... Give these guys a chance. I think it's. I think it'll be a good way of, um, yeah, just just giving these guys more of a taste of Test cricket, so that if you need to turn to them later, they've got yeah. they've got experience. So that's just one thing I'd like to see going forward. Absolutely, yeah. More cricket going on at the moment, as there always is. India, your India at the moment, um, in Bangladesh. I just wanted to to, to ask you actually. You're in India at the moment. Is there? A lot spoken about that series, about that tour, or what's the whole feel around it? You mean the Bangladesh tour? The Bangladesh um, tour, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, the, the first game was a shocker. I'll I'll keep saying that. You can't play nineties ODI cricket and expect to win. Um, they're not they're not going to win the World Cup next year with this kind of approach. They mm-hmm. there has to be some sort of planning. Yeah. So at the moment, I can't see any planning in place for. Strange, isn't it? Um, No Samson in that squad. Didn't give him a chance. Gave him one game in New Zealand. Picked Kent for this tour. And and released him. Mm. Yeah, and people seem to have short-term memories because people have been saying, oh, you know, drop 
KL Rahul um, from one day. I mean, no yes, he he yeah, he, he dropped that catch. Brilliant. He dropped that catch, and probably that's why. Absolutely, hmm. he he dropped that one catch, and that's why probably I would say that's why that was the turning point. That if 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 he would have caught that, it was game finished. But at number five, as a batter, he has made that spot his own He's in the last it. couple of years. Hundred percent. Um, so you, that, yeah, him at number five, number five, Kohli at number three. These two uh, are pretty much you know set in 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 that in that spot. So um for for the next year's World Cup, it's it's the two opening spots. Uh, and the number four, I don't, I, I can't believe we are still talking about the number four sport after. I think, I think Shreyas has done well in one day cricket. Yeah, absolutely, but but um, yeah, and probably he 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 will um uh, get into that number four spot, especially given that the World Cup is in India. But the 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 opener sport, I don't know. I mean, Shikhar Dhawan is just playing so slow at the moment you, he, he can't saw he's today he's uh striking at 74 this year yeah i mean that's yeah i don't know what to say that that's not that's 90s cricket one day cricket mm, it is um it's so slow you can't seriously expect that every time your number four five and six will do the job in the uh, in the death overs. interesting you say about next year's world cup because i tweeted the other day that that the 2023 could be uh, you know, for India, what it was for England in 2015. So, uh, you know, it could be the the, the oh, switch that says I don't, I don't says, think it'll be that bad. I don't think it'll be that. No, bad not 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 that, because... not 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 that bad in the sense that that England will be uh, India will be knocked out in the group stage. It's not what I mean. It's the sense that if India failed to win at the World Cup at home, they might really start to look at their approach and say, "No, nah, we need to completely change this." And then you might see some some of the old players or the older players say move aside and then, you know, start with a, a fresh new approach and new plays. That's what I mean in a sense. The, hopefully not that to, happens. Yeah, um, sort of like well, a, a, a revolution. Hopefully India revival. wins. Hopefully India yeah. wins, firstly. Um, I still think you but guys if India should. Doesn't win. I think you should. At home, you should. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think yeah. it'll be a different different team than what what we, what we are seeing. Um, Obviously, not too Jasprit, much, I don't Jas, think. Jasprit Bumrah will Bumrah, come back. Um, Bumrah, um, Shami, Hardik, I think, will come back. Hardik Pandya, definitely. Hardik Pandya will come back. Jadeja yeah, will come back. Yeah, um, true, true. But the there's, core there's, is there. But there's yeah. four or five players um, yeah, yeah. who will come back into the side, and the top, the top six is. I, I'm, I'm still, um, yeah, I'm still not convinced on Shikadawan being there at, at, at this stage. Yeah. What do you make of Bangladesh and uh, their chances next year? I know it's a, a while away, that World Cup, but um, could they do something in India? They're a good side. Uh, they might cause a few, I won't say upsets, but they might, um, you know, um, give a few teams a run for their money. Um, mm. Definitely not not Minos anymore or not the small team anymore. Mm. Uh, they have mm. the capacity, they have the talent, they have the skill, uh, but they are too much reliant on Shakib. At the moment, they're too much reliant on Lytton Das at the top. At the moment, um, mm-hmm. someone, uh, few people have to step up. Like Mandy, Mandy Hassan did step up in the last game and re- literally won the game for Bangladesh. So they have to do it consistently. Yeah, with Tammy Mikbal and Tuskin Armour to come in, back into that side later on. It looks Absolutely. like a, a pretty decent one day. So they're very good one day team. So potential semi finalists next year. You know, in a ten-team World Cup, top four maybe, but um, would be interesting to see. So, fascinating to see what happens uh, for for Bangladesh going forward. 
That's it for another episode of the Crip Blog Podcast. Bit of disagreement between Nash and I on the England-Pakistan test, but that's always good to see. I like a bit of an argument when it comes to cricket. <laughs> it, was, it was very good. You don't you get the, the the Australian defending the English. What's going on? But um, I would still say Pakistan will win 2-1. Seriously? You reckon Pakistan yep. will win 2-1? Yep. Yep. Wow. You were just yep. asking me whether Baba Azam will be sacked, and now you think it's going to be 2-1. So. Yeah. Depends on the wickets. Multan is a flat one, usually, isn't it? So, yeah. But I'm still backing Pakistan here. Oh, well, let's see how this goes. All right. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, thanks, mate. All right. Um, thank you, Shavel. Enjoy the rest of your trip in India. Uh, take care and, uh, yeah, we'll see you back here next week. See you soon. Thank you.